If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This week on episode 265 of the Weekly Exchange, we talk about Driftland, the Magic Revival, Stellaris, Astra Exodus, Predestination, and I want to give you a heads up and let you know that we do have some audio issues this week. We'll do our best to make sure they don't happen next time. But we got a lot of stuff to talk about, so stay tuned. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Nate. I'm glad to be here. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. For a long holiday weekend, it wasn't too bad, other than the store snowstorm we're getting right now. What? It's November? Yeah. No, it's December now. Wow, okay. All right, I guess that's kind of normal-ish. <laughs> nah, I guess. I, I mean, I've been here for a bit, for a while, more than a few years, and we don't usually get snow this early. I mean, this happened one year. We had like a full-on blizzard, but it kind of missed us. We only got a couple of inches and knocked out the power in most of New England, though. But uh, yeah, we're getting, we'll see. We'll see. It's supposed to last for like a day, so we'll see what it looks like when it's all said and done. Yeah, but, I uh, thought that we were supposed to get snow, too. Mm-hmm. In fact, it, it was supposed to start tomorrow, but it's thankfully changed to rain. A freezing rain, but rain nonetheless. Mm, freezing rain is worse than snow. In my yeah, opinion. I'd agree. And it's also going to start right around the time that I need to drive into work. So, yeehaw. Oh, man. Hope you got an all-wheel drive vehicle. I don't. So let's talk about games so I can distract myself. <laughs> sure. So this week we had an update for Driftland, the Magic Revival. This is update 1.3.4. And um, it's called, I'm not sure what it's called, but it starts with Brave Mages. Ah, I see. It's an introduction. Got it. So Brave Mages, basically they're introducing, they're kind of, you know, us, the players are telling us that this update is going to do all kinds of improvements that are based on user feedback and things of the nature. So for example, one of the things they're going to do is going to add gamepad support. So you should be able to play the game with a controller. So that's neat. I have not tried playing 4X games on a gamepad. And other than some games that I got just to have a copy on my PC for the day that I do feel like braving it, I do not have many games that use gamepads. So that's the first thing. Second thing, and this is kind of a big thing, they're making the game DRM-free. Now, for most people, they won't notice this because a lot of people consider Steam or you know the Epic Store or UB Store or Microsoft Store or whatever store, you know Origins or Battle.net. They consider that to be uh, DRM, and in a sense, it is. In some cases, it really is. But in this case, they are making the game DRM-free, so 
I, I'm not sure how that'll work on Steam. For example, on GOG, for example, that's the natural state of the game. But I'm not too sure how this will work on Steam. But apparently it's not going to mess with the cloud saves. It's not going to mess with the campaign, multiplayer achievements. So I don't know. I mean, the Steam client has to be running in the background. So yeah, I'm, I don't get that part. But anyways, there's going to be a bunch of bug fixes and all that entails. But essentially, the way I see it is the game is continuing to get support. The game is continuing to sell well. And at the time of recording, the game is on a good discount with the Steam holiday sale or the, the autumn sale or whatever they're calling this sale, Black Friday sale, I don't know. Uh, but we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, so while we're on the topic of Driftland, the Magic Revival, I would like to put a call out, a call to arms, so to speak, for any of you mm-hmm. that have played a bunch of it and would like to review it for the site. We haven't yet done that. We, I, it's one of those like holes in our coverage that I really want to fill. And so if anyone out there has played a bunch of it, would like to write a review, a, you know, a, I mean, as unbiased as possible, you know, an objective review. And that would be fantastic. So if you have that and you want to do that, email me at explominate at gmail.com and we'll see about getting your article on the site. Yeah. So anyways, let's talk about Stellaris's dev diary this week because it's really exciting for me. It lays out the diplomacy changes, which... I don't know how long I've been complaining about diplomacy, but it's been a long time. So, mm-hmm. From the beginning, as, a, as have I. I'm really excited about this because it sounds like, though they're considering this a minor update, the overhaul is pretty significant. So first of all, you're going to have envoys now, which act as diplomats would in Europa Universalis 4, or even as they did in Imperator Rome. But we or Imperator, I don't know how you pronounce it, but Mm -hmm. however you pronounce it. Anyways, they're going to act like diplomats did in European Versailles 4, where they are assigned to various nations, or various factions in this case, and they either work to increase your diplomatic favor with them or decrease them so that you can maybe cause them to launch war with you and stuff like that. So that's the first change, which I'm really excited about because I think that gives you a lot more choice, a lot more player agency, when it comes mm-hmm. to how people react to you and stuff like that, and I like that a lot. Next, mm-hmm. is, next is changes to the diplomacy interface, which I'm also a big fan of. So now you can take a quick look at somebody and see what their civics are, what their origin might be, what their relative power to you is, and any, mm-hmm. ongoing, any ongoing diplomatic agreements, which I like it a lot. And also there's new diplomatic stances that you can see in the screen, and the new diplomatic stances are basically a general way you're going to handle other factions, right? So the way you put yourself out there, right? So it is from Imperator Rome as well. Imperator, Imperator, however you want to pronounce it. (sighs) But the diplomatic stance is how you present yourself towards the rest of the world or the rest of the galaxy in this this case. So the five different stances they have from from the beginning are belligerent, which sounds exactly like it does. It probably is exactly how it sounds. Cooperative isolationist, expansionist, and then supremacist, which, you know, if you're in the mood for maybe at first trying to start some wars with somebody, then you might go Uh belligerent. Or if you're trying to ally with others, you might go cooperative for a while. But it's cool because you can now set that stance and you can change it every 10 years. So Uh you might be an isolationist for a while and then decide that you want to become an expansionist and then a supremacist. Who knows? It's all about what you want to do. So... I like these changes. All these changes are fantastic. 
Though, on the other hand, there is a missed opportunity there because they totally could have given some personality to these diplomats, you know, and they haven't. Or at least it doesn't look like it. What they said was that they don't want to have it too micromanagement heavy. So they don't want to like... I I get it. Yeah, and I'm with them on that because... I. The, diploma, the diplomats in Europe Universalis 4 don't have traits. They're just assigned. And I can't imagine mm-hmm. having, like, you know, actual heroes assigned that way and having to worry about, like, their stats and their personalities and all that crap. It's cool. In theory, I just feel like it would be a lot of micromanagement. So I'm, I'm with them right now. I'll, I could totally see a mod in favor of doing that. So... I'm gonna, oh, I'm going to remind you of this later when you complain that it feels so bland. Well, I, it's so uninteresting. I like Diplomacy Europe is horrible. No, uh-huh. I, like, I like European Versalis' take on it. And if that's what they're trying to do, basically, I'm good with that. So, Okay. Uh, and then uh, finally, they have these things called uh, basically like a relation scale, which now uh-huh. has five different ranges. Uh, terrible, tense, neutral, positive, and excellent. So these all kind of help you understand where you, where you stand with people. It's just for the most part, it just fleshes out everything in diplomacy makes it feel a lot less static and you know, it, it'll, it'll evolve over time, which I'm really appreciating. I really can't wait for this. I'm super excited about it. I'm also really glad that they postponed it so they can take the time they need to make this fit well and work well with the base game. So yeah, good stuff coming to Solaris. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, like I said, I will remind you in the future when you're playing diplomacy. Like, you remember that show on that date where you said you like it like that? I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm like, gonna, okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna deny it all, so it doesn't matter. Of course, well, and I'll, it's I'll a go given. back. I'll go back into this podcast and delete it. So, <laughs> lovely, lovely. All right. Well, moving on, uh, we've had an update from Astra Exodus, and this is Dev Diary number ten called Data Net and Events, and that is actually a very appropriate name for this Dev Diary. So let me begin. What is the Data Net? Well, the Data Net is what they refer to usually in forex games. You have like either a column or on the side of the screen, like a UI or some kind of pop-up that gives you warnings about something is happening, something's not happening. You got a message, you got an update. It's almost like a bulletin board. Well, they're kind of, they're having that as well. And within it, you're gonna have something that is pretty simple, like, oh, by the way, you are not researching anything, or your building queue is empty, or you're gonna have something complex, like, well, you need to be engaging in this diplomatic exchange and if and until you do you can't just skip a turn because this is very important to the game so things of that nature will be in the like events and now speaking of events we have three new types of events we have exploration events which are basically your scouts encountering things on the map then we have random events which is stuff that can happen to the galaxy you know Whatever the whatever the game is going to present, like a crisis of some type or something positive, something negative, and then you're going to have narrative events, and this is something that's only available in skirmish mode. Since the campaign mode has already its stuff built out for the campaign, this will be like I'm assuming skirmish is sandbox, so these will be randomized events for the sandbox, and you know usually we. When these things are missing, 
from a game, we complain. And when they're present and there's not enough of them, we complain. So I hope that they have a fair balance because one of the things that I don't like is when I see the same exact stuff every single game. And that's where Stellaris really shines because they have just so many events. And I hope that Astra Exodus also is able to shine in that regard. Yeah, and I also want to take a second to apologize to anyone who signed up through our preview post for the Astro Exodus beta, because it sounds like Slytherin and Atomic Kaiser have had some issues generating more keys, so that's been the holdup with the beta now, so those of you that are waiting to get in, you guys are still getting in, it's going to be a few more days, maybe by the time you actually hear this, it'll be ready to go. But from what I understand, it just was having they were just having some issues generating new keys. So stay tuned. I'm sorry that it's taking so long, but it'll be there. I promise. And with that being said, let's talk about Predestination, which is a game that I did not think we would be talking about ever again. <laughs> somehow it actually continues to update with 1.4 called the Starforged up- update, uh-huh. in which they have now created a new story mission. And they've also added portraits to the commanders, and they're actually looking pretty good. But they also made time to improve the AI, which is like music to anyone's ears, especially Mm -hmm. anyone who's a fan of a 4X game. This is a game I tried a bunch to get into. I really did. I put like 12 hours into it, and I know that's not a long time, but it was 12 hours of me really trying to figure out if I could like this game and... It just fell short for me. There's a lot of micromanagement for this one, and the UI to me is just not working at all. And I mentioned that many, many times when I was maybe back when we first started the weekly exchange, and uh-huh. you know we were talking about this game leading up way, way, way back. And I always said, "Man, they need to do something about that UI. It's so dark and black and black and black." And uh-huh. they never did. They never did anything with the UI. So unfortunately, it's a game that I had a hard time getting into, but. They have continued to update it, which is pretty cool. I don't imagine that the sales have been so fantastic because there's only like 12 reviews on, on Steam with it. But, you know, it's cool to see that they're continuing to, to fix what's not working and to add character art. I mean, that's pretty cool. So, Yeah, well, with these types of games, it's all about exposure. If you can't get the exposure, nobody knows it. Nobody's going to play it. Nobody's going to talk about it. And it's going to be harder to sell the game. And they did some cool things, I think, with the whole, like, you starting on a planet and having to explore your own planet. And, you know, it, it was a very different way of exploiting your own planet with, to start off with and all that stuff. And it just, it, it just, unfortunately, it feels way too micromanagement heavy once you start getting a little bit further into the game. So I know Troy tried to get into it, too, but I think he yeah. didn't end up liking it either. He got much further than you, and he was giving them all kinds of feedback. And they did some with some, others they didn't. He just kind of gave up. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. That's too bad. Well, mm. in other news, we have a an update to Total War Warhammer 2. They're going to release a new Lords pack called The Shadow and the Blade, which looks pretty badass. Mm-hmm. They will now have two richly themed and unique legendary Lords that lead their own faction. Mm-hmm. It's called Malice Darkblade. Will lead oh, the, I, I love Malice. Yeah, who will lead the Hagrave. And then the Dark Elves will are for the Dark Elves. And then the Deathmaster Snilch or Snitch. Uh-huh. Snitch. 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 Yeah. Leads Clan Eshin for the Skaven. So mm-hmm. this is a game I picked up. 
Mr. Nate, and I can't wait to uh-huh. tell you about it. And our game okay. is played. Okay, well then let's save it for that. But let me give you a little background on Malice. Malice is Malice Darkblade. He's a very interesting dark elf. Very interesting. There's quite a few books like like lore stuff about him, but there's also actual books that were written uh, about him. And he's he's an interesting dark elf character with an interesting history, and and he's not a typical dark elf. And then there is Snicket Snitch Snitch. The assassin from Clan Eshin, and he's also a very interesting character. And I saw what they're introducing, and yeah, I, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. But that can wait until then. Now, in other news, moving away from Steam for a moment, or Valve in this case, and going to GOG or good old games, uh, apparently... Because Slytherin has just been killing it, they got access to the Warlords games. And you have Warlords 1, 2, and 3 with some of the DLC being available right now on good old games and on sale at that. Now, these games are, what to compare to? They're not 4X. There are definitely 4X elements to them, but they're, they're not 4X. They are RPG, but lots of combat. It's kind of, it feels like the source, it feels like Sorcerer King, like took inspiration from the Warlords games, because that's kind of how they play. And uh, they're obviously, they're high fantasy with a game like that. And it's, um, it's kind of like Heroes of Might and Magic, I would say. But anyways, they're fantastic games. They're available in good old games or GOG. Go check it out. You will not regret it. And if you don't have a GOG account, I don't know if they're available on Steam. I can check, but that's not what today's news is about. And with that, I have a question for you, Rob. What is Gloomhaven? I'm glad you asked, sir. Well, Gloomhaven is a... It's actually a game based on a board game. And Mm -hmm. what drew me to it immediately was how fantastically beautiful it is. But it is what they consider a tactical turn-based role-playing game with some, uh, I hate saying roguelike elements, but that's what they say. So it says it mixes tactical RPGs and dungeon crawling with some with some roguelike elements. But you basically are going to lead a party of fearless mercenaries that you'll carve your way through some dungeons with. And those dungeons are filled with some pretty awesome-looking monsters, if I say so myself. They all are very well detailed, and the graphics are fantastic. It's just It really drew me in. I was like, wow, what is this game? And then I started reading more about it, and I realized it's the kind of game I like. So, yeah, it's, it's meant to be it's, – it's still in early access right now, and it's meant to be released sometime this year, supposedly, but I imagine that's going to be more like next year now because it says 2019, but, yeah – uh, there's not much time left in 2019, although they are at version like 0.99. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, as a quick update, I checked right now, and yes, it is on Steam. That's awesome. Yeah, so let me tell you quickly about this Gloomhaven one, the, the little bullet points here, because I think it sounds really awesome. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. can definitely check out this game in the notes below, but you can recruit a group of mercenaries, each with a dozen, each, each with dozens of unique abilities. You'll face boundless challenges, dozens of powerful enemies with their own skills, dangerous elite encounters, and unique challenging boss fights. And you'll create powerful team synergies between your heroes to dominate your opponents in turn-based combat. 
That's uh-huh. actually awesome. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in. And I have to tell you that I am growing more and more in love with tactics as a genre. Like, you know, I might even try XCOM too. Because <laughs> I, I feel like now, I don't know, maybe it's just with age, I'm starting to realize that I really like that turn-based tactical stuff. It's fun. Well, this what makes turn-based tactical games amazing is that it's turn-based. So if you leave it on a turn and step away, you come back, it's still waiting for you there. There are a lot of games that don't do that. And like, you can't exactly save it. And if you step away, you don't remember what you did. You don't have time to go and figure it out. And like you said, as you get older and your responsibilities change, namely you have little kids or younger kids running around and a spouse and a million things to do. You can't exactly just sit in front of your computer for 10, 12 hours like you could five years ago, 10 years ago, however long it was for whoever is listening. So that's why I like turn-based strategy games. That's why I like tactics games, especially games where I get to infuse the squads or whatnot with personality and like have my own narrative kind of going in the background. Makes it more interesting, at least for me. That's what I get out of it. Yeah, totally. I'm with you. So, I, think, I think it's definitely something that I'm, I'm really starting to feel a, 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 akin to. Like, I just I, f- I feel like I'm getting more and more into them and enjoying them more. So, And I'll say that the, the Gloomhaven Steam rating right now is at 93%, so they're doing something right. I've reached out nice. to the developers to see if we can get a copy and take a look and maybe do like a Let's Explore and preview and then eventually a review. But it definitely looks like a game that I would enjoy very much. So maybe you okay. will too. All right. Well, let's talk about today's topic, the Steam sale. You yeah. get anything fun? I did. I got Total War Warhammer 2. Do you have the first one? I do. So I have Total War Warhammer 2 for, I got it for 20 US dollars, which is a freaking steal mm-hmm. if you ask me. And mm-hmm. I honestly played Total War Warhammer 1 a bunch and was just not able to get myself into it. And I don't know why. I don't, I honestly couldn't tell you what it was about the game that I just couldn't fall in love with. But you weren't well, ready for it. Maybe I wasn't. And now I'm playing Total War Warhammer 2 and I am just gobsmacked at how good it is it's so freaking good and what i realize now looking back on my experience with total war warhammer one was mm-hmm. that the ui wasn't as good as it could have been because mm-hmm. with warhammer 2 i feel like the ui is just so sleek and so easy to use that i'm like oh right so this may have been a problem with what i had with with warhammer one and sure enough i went back to warhammer one and yeah if they could just retrofit the ui and some mm-hmm. of the other improvements they made from Warhammer 2, I would, yeah, it's a great game. I'm playing as the Lizardman. I'm having a fantastic time. It's good. You, you know that if you do the Mortal Empires campaign, you can have all of your factions from the first game, basically all the DLC you own incorporated into the second game with the second game mechanics. Yeah, and the only thing that I'd want and I wished for, or I would wish for, is that I could play the campaigns with the original Warhammer 1 factions. Oh, I expect that when they release Warhammer 3 and they're done developing and everything is out, they're going to have like a a version like Warhammer complete that's going to have all three campaigns using the newest and latest and greatest rules is what I'm guessing. So I'll admit that I'm eating my words too because there's been a few times where I've said that Total War Three Kingdoms was the best Total War game and... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Total War Warhammer 2 blows it out of the water. And it's oh, not because... Oh, it is that not, Well, it's. I think what it happened is I can see that Total War Three Kingdoms 
clearly took a lot of cues from Total War Warhammer 2. But the thing is about Total Warhammer 2 that I like the most is the, the fantasy setting, right? Like, oh, yes. The, the lizardmen killing a bunch of Norskins. And, you know, it's it, that stuff is awesome. And I, I really enjoy seeing, like, the hero units just, like, basically stampede through enemy units and, and conjure up crazy shit. And it's just it's so much fun to watch. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. All right. So, well, I've there you go. I remember I asked you about it, and you're like, no, no, Three Kingdoms is the best. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, and then so I also picked up, uh, what is it? Good Lord. I'm going to have to, Death War 3030, I think is what it's called. Let me look it up. Because I, I, it's, is... it's a game that Space Game Junkie named the best space game of the decade. And I'd already been looking at it because it looked like a game that I would enjoy because it looked like a 2D Star Citizen almost. Uh-huh. And I enjoy those like space adventures with, you know, the ability to like improve your ships and stuff like that. So let me look up the name while you tell me about what you picked up. I let me see. Did I pick up? Any, I picked up one of the DLC for Total War Warhammer Two. I think it was the pirates, the Vampire yeah. Lord pirates. That one. Yeah, I just feel like I'm buying all of them now. I'm like, just. I mean, I told. I've only played six hours of it, but I'm just like, I I, I can't tell you how many times I was just like, what the actual why was i why did i wait this long but i'm glad i did because i got a hundred dollars well that's exactly it that's what i'm doing is i wait for to be at least 50 percent off unless it's something that i'm actively playing i'm i don't buy it so i was huh so yeah so civ 6 is having a very interesting sale right you can buy i guess the full version of civ 6 with both expansions and all the dlc for like 48 dollars I have family visiting right now, and my cousin bought it, and my son was playing with her, and they pretty much spent six hours today just playing. He's teaching her. He's been playing it on the iPad, and he's been teaching her how to play on the computer, but she has a version that he doesn't have because uh, Firaxis just released the content for the iPad for like a ridiculous price. So I'm going to wait till that stuff's on sale before I update it on the iPad, but... Yeah, it was. It's kind of fun. It took some some pics of them playing, and I'll you know a couple of years down the line, like remember when you guys were playing Civ Six? Wasn't that fun, you know? But um, living vicariously through him. But yeah, what else? I I I'm trying to think if I picked up anything else. I don't think so. I didn't see. I, no, I I picked up some other games, but I didn't pick it up. On Steam, I picked up some games for my PS4 and I picked up some games for my Switch. But that wasn't, you know, that was through the Black Friday sales. So I don't think that counts, does it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So moving on, moving well, no, on. I'll tell you, the name of the game is called 3030 Death War Redo or Redux, however you want to pronounce it. And it is basically, like I said, an adventure game set in space where you're there's a story and it's cool and it really is but there's a bunch of different like gameplay types within that same mm-hmm. game like you at one point are acting sort of like you know like i said like a, a 2d star citizen but there's other portions where you're like actually like in your spacesuit like flying around trying to like scavenge stuff and there's a, a huge economy to it and like I said, it's the game that Space Game Junkie named the best space game of the last decade. So it's worth checking out. I, I'm enjoying it. I picked it up for $7. Okay. Cool. Cool. I think that's it for this topic, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the game of the decade survey, which is something that I mentioned last week. And I wanted to talk about in a little bit more depth. And so I mm-hmm. put out a, a survey 
on both Reddit and through our Discord about what people thought was the best game of the past decade. So 2010 to 2019, you know, roughly December 12th or December 31st of this year. And I put up the biggest ones that I thought. So it was 16 titles, all of which I believed to be the best received and at least with the biggest fan bases, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. games I didn't even play. So I'm not, I I personally wouldn't have put Stellaris up there because it's not mine, but I knew it was up there, right? I knew people Mm -hmm. were going to like it. And I also know that Endless Legend can be uh, a bit divisive. But with that being said, with 16 games, it was something to the effect. Let me actually pull them up real quick. Give me one second. All right, great. So now I've got it pulled up now, and I'm going to tell you what I've what I came to the conclusion that I would add, and maybe I screwed up somewhere. I'm sure people will say that I screwed up, and that's mm-hmm. fine. So we've got Age of Wonders 3. Okay, I agree with that. Age of Wonders Planetfall. I don't agree with that. Civilization 5, Civilization 6. I agree with 5. I don't agree with 6. Distant Worlds Universe. I, I agree with that. Dominions 5. Mm, maybe. Not, I would say Dominion's four. I, so if I we were going to pick a game, because yeah, well, I, I put five there because five is just an iteration of four, right? And when I when I actually <sighs> put this out, a lot of people were like, "Yeah, it's probably better that you put five because it's literally just the same game, only better." So okay, five, fine, right? all right, so all right, uh huh. All right, so next one's Endless Legend. I absolutely agree with that. Endless Space Two. I don't agree with that. Fallen Chantress, legendary. Don't, ag- legendary don't agree with that. Then we have Galactic Civilizations 3 Complete. Could be up there. I mean, they're still doing stuff for it, which I feel that are definitely needed. So potentially, okay. Interstellar Space Genesis. No. Sins of a Solar Empire, Rebellion. Ooh. Star Ooh, tough Wars. one, but no. Star Ruler 2. No. Mm, it's it's good. It does interesting things, but it's not a game of the decade. Stars and Shadow. No, it's so another good game, but not a game of the decade. Stellaris. No, absolutely not. Thea one, Thea two. <sighs> so for me, definitely. For most people, no. So I, I'm I'm borderline. I like, and the funny thing is, I like Thea two better than Thea one. And actually, people are unhappy with some of the changes for Thea 2, which is kind of perplexes me. But anyways, uh-huh. What else? And then last, Warhammer 40k Gladius. I like it, but it's not. Well, so this is what I did, right? Like like I said, mm-hmm. I took the games. I looked at all of the games that came out in the past nine and a half years, almost ten years. And mm-hmm. I tried to narrow down the I games. mean, what's the cutoff? Is the cutoff December 31st of this year? Yeah. So is uh, so 2010 is the beginning of the decade, and 2019 is the end of the decade. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. And like I said, I took the list and I looked at all the different games, and I mm-hmm. looked and I narrowed it down to the games that I thought were received the best, or have been perhaps liked the most by mm-hmm. the fan base. So okay. Well, I don't think what I'm going to tell you now is going to surprise you. So the top three. Because the other twelve beyond uh-huh. the top three are so close, to, it's just you know it's like a, a photo finish really. And I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna do a few other things to figure out what our top five are gonna be. So that's the idea is that we're gonna find the top five forex games of the decade, and we're going uh-huh. to you know post about it and then maybe make a video and stuff like that. But uh-huh. 
with the top with that being said, the top three in no particular order are Endless Legend, mm-hmm. Stellaris, mm. and Distant Worlds Universe. Mm. Oh, I don't I w- I would kick Stellaris out of that. Stellaris does not belong there whatsoever. So well, bye bye Stellaris. And so then you have <laughs> Civ Five. You have Age of Wonders I'm, Three. I'm seriously surprised Civ Five and Civ Six are not as well received. Okay, so Civ Five is definitely better received than Civ Six. Right. So it's going to be in our runoff, right? So what I want right. to do next is I'm going to send a survey out where people rank them instead of just saying if they like them or not. So what I did was I sent out a survey saying, A, the first choice would be did not play it. Second would played it and did not like it. Mm-hmm. Third was played it and thought it was okay. And then mm-hmm. final was played it and loved it. Okay. So what I did yeah. is I took I took the play the did not play mm-hmm. it out, right? Because that doesn't matter. But I wanted to make sure that I was getting buy-in, right? Follow through mm-hmm. with everybody. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you didn't buy if you didn't play it, you didn't play it. So be it. So then what I used is the percentage of people that asked or answered the question and then how many of those people said they played it and loved it and then how many said they played it and did not like it. All right. So mm-hmm. then with that played it and thought it was okay, it was a t- it was a tiebreaker in some of the runoff ones. But I'm telling you, the th- top three, those three that I mentioned, there mm-hmm. wasn't even a question. There was a, yeah. the vast majority of people that played it liked it, although Stellaris was the most divisive. So I will say that Stellaris was of the three definitely the most. So it had by far and away, actually, it had by far and away the most played it and loved it. But mm-hmm. it also had the second highest played it and did not like it. Mm-hmm. So you're right. I think most people would agree that Stellaris may not belong on this list or mm-hmm. even in the top five. But there are great people, a great number of people that believe that it does, and it has the highest percentage. So Endless Legend was the highest period. Like it actually was received the best. There mm-hmm. were fewer played it and did not like it than any other game. Uh-huh. Um, which I was surprised by because I thought it was going to be much more divisive than that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And there were a great deal played it and loved it. And then Distant World Universes was a little bit in the middle. It was actually pretty fun. It was so if you did it just based on feedback from people that played it, uh-huh. Solaris is the highest had the highest loved it. Um, but it does kind of even out a little bit. It, it brings it down when you start to value in the played it and did not like it but it's still top three uh-huh. so what i want to do is i want to open up two things i want to open up anyone's feedback regarding what else i may have missed that you think should be on this list because i will uh-huh. add it if you think so and then i'm going to also like i said once i've compiled all that and i get any feedback that may happen i'm going to use the remaining games and have people rank them. So, so last check I had, I had 507 survey respondents, which I think is a pretty good, it's a, it's a good little sample size. Um, with that, I'm going to hopefully hope, hope, I hope that I get half of that when it comes time to do the second survey and people rank them. Cause it's going to take a few more minutes to rank them. I get it. But if we can rank them that way, I can start to see, where people fall in in line with the rest of it. I'd, I'd imagine Civ 5 is going to be in the top five. Yeah, then, I, I wouldn't doubt it. And I, I'll be I'll be eager to see what the last of the top five would be. So, Sins of a Solar Empire, Rebellion, I expected to do better. It's done very well, but it hasn't... 
it wasn't it wasn't in the top three, and it would have made six based on what I have if I really wanted to be nitty gritty and see. But it's so close. I mean, you were talking about like four or five votes. Mm. So we I need just, more people voting. That's that'll yeah. shake things out. Agreed, and so that's why I'm thinking that we do it this way. This way, I can understand at least where people rank them, and then use that ranking to nail down the last two of our top five. Mm. Makes sense. So, yeah, stay tuned to the website. I'll have it all soon. I should have it by the second week of December, I imagine, and we'll probably, hopefully, get this taken care of before the holidays. So okay, sounds good. All right, and with that, let me ask you a question. Well, I think you kind of answered it, what you've been playing this week, but what else have you been playing this week? Well, I also played a game called God King, which is a beta 4X game that was requesting testers on the subreddit, on the 4X gaming subreddit, and Uh I uh, jumped in, said, yeah, why not? And it's doing some pretty cool things. It's kind of like a Master of Magic slash Dominions, if you believe it or not. Uh-huh. The graphics are better than I expected. The presentation is pretty decent, and it's super early. So I'm I'm excited for it because the presentation and everything are already pretty good. If they could flesh it out, make the UI better, make it more polished, and help me understand what the hell I'm doing a little bit better. <laughs> well, there's always that. I think that's an issue with most games. Yeah, agreed. So it would be cool to see that game evolve and possibly become something that we could talk about and maybe even recommend one day. So mm. the other thing I'm actually working on is... Not working, but playing. Well, working and playing is mm-hmm. the beta test for 10 Crowns, mm-hmm. which I've mentioned before, but I've also posted on our site that Soren Johnson is looking for more beta testers, so I want people to join in. That's something that you can find on Explominate, and you can find the beta test application on our site as well. So if you want to get in with Soren Johnson's new 4X, which if you guys don't know, Soren Johnson's the guy responsible for Civilization 4, which is most people's favorite Civilization game, but I won't speak for everybody. Uh-huh. And so it's his new historical 4X. I won't say anything more. And then okay. finally, finally, I've been playing the Lord of Rigel beta. I can't uh-huh. say anything more for that either, but it's alive. It's there. We haven't heard anything from them in a long It exists. So. Okay. It ex- it exists. It's currently making its way from Unity to another programming language, but it is coming along. That's all I okay. can say. All right. Fair enough. Uh, as far as me, I've been playing a bunch of XCOM 2. I'm so close to wrapping up my campaign. I did some Battletech, playing with the new heavy metal content, which I, I like the changes that they're making. I like. They're really starting to hone in on what makes Battletech Battletech. I'm still like kind of iffy on a few of the decisions they made in the first place. So I'm hoping that with their official mod support and uh, maybe it'll even come to Steam Workshop, there will be mods out there that level the playing field because one of the things that really frustrates me the most in Battletech is when you have your one lance versus multiple lances with reinforcements, and it's like it gets crazy, and not in a good way. I I understand the thinking behind it, and it makes sense, but, you know, it's just we just have to four max, and that's it. And then sometimes you're facing 12 or even 16. And I get it. You're on a planet and you're on this and you're on that. But you know what? I shouldn't automatically lose because I can't complete this and that. There's just too many reinforcements. It's, it feels unbalanced. 
And uh, I've been playing some Humankind, but I can't really talk about that. So I just won't. And I think that's it. I can't think. I'm trying to think. Have I played it? No, I watched my son playing Civ. That was fun. And I did some playing on the PS4, but nobody cares. So I'm not going to talk about it. So there. There you go. Well, this was a a shorter episode than normal, but that's okay. Because this week's a bit busy for both of us. And Uh especially me. So it's going to be difficult for me to have the time to edit this. So if it's completely unedited, my apologies. No, it's not going to be. I'll I'll make time. (laughs) You're not going to edit out all the cursing? Maybe not. Maybe Uh I will leave all the cursing that you've left in. Mm -hmm. Oh, me. I see. So it's me. (laughs) Yeah. So that was all we had for this week but maybe next week it's it was it was thanksgiving week so it was a little yeah, it was slow. pretty quiet it's pretty quiet yeah. but i imagine as we re-ramp up to the end of the year it may be a little bit more exciting for a couple weeks and then quite again for a few more weeks and then we'll get mm-hmm. back and do it next year so mm-hmm. you have anything else you want to say buddy just the usual a big thank you to our community members we have surpassed seven thousand followers on our curation page we are slowly but surely approaching 3,000 members to our group on steam now if we were to count all the people from the beginning that have joined and left we would probably be somewhere in excess of six or seven thousand but i'm not complaining we're about to hit 3k members so that's awesome and uh have we've passed 4,000 on youtube right yeah we're or- at 4,000 37 now i think all right all right okay and uh slowly but surely just just plugging away you know getting where we need to be to be of consequence though there's still a few companies that have either blacklisted us or just completely like explore my what nah i don't know who that is not interested speaking of which, so there's a few of those i know okay right right okay just br- brief moment and i remember no profanity no profanity. No profanity. And I actually oh. I want to take the moment to thank somebody who is on the Phoenix Point subreddit who listens to this podcast because he was mm-hmm. very much aware of your disdain for their move to Epic. Mm-hmm. And which I you know, I'm I'm totally cool with. Well, I wanna say that I acted a little bit rashly and said that I was out, I was going to quit moderating the Phoenix Point because I was Okay, I mean, I was being a little childish. Let's just put it this way. I was okay. frustrated. I was frustrated because Sandbox Strategies, who are the PR firm for what are they called again? Snapshot. 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 Uh huh. And Snapshot have both completely ignored my request for review key, which is fine. Uh-huh. I've been ignored before. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. As of the time of this editing process, they actually have given us a key, and we will be doing a review of Phoenix Point as soon as we can. Please stand by for further details. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. I just haven't been ignored in a long time, so... Uh, so I see it was rubbing you the wrong way. It was rubbing me the wrong way, and mm-hmm. I also will say that, not only that, but it was it was just, you know, I don't know, I just knew that... That we were being blacklisted and it bothered me. Mm. I, I knew. So, so, question: Are we being blacklisted because of me? I believe so, and that's fine. That's but totally that's the fine. thing. I look. You know, I'm not going to apologize for that because I backed the game on Kickstarter with a promise of a Steam key. That's my issue. 
I don't have a problem with them doing their thing. They can do their thing when it hits Steam and it's 75% off. I will look at the game. Or maybe I won't. Who knows? But that's, I've always stated from the beginning, that is my personal opinion as a consumer that is not exploring its stance. I wasn't going to review the game because I nobody's putting, nobody's forcing me to do it. I don't have to review something if I don't want to. If somebody else wanted to, I would do I would do everything in my power to get them a key for it. But if we're being blacklisted, then that sort of lifts the weight off our shoulders because if they don't want to deal with us, then there's no urgency for us to deal with them. You know, no matter how good or bad the game is. I just I personally won't review it. I'll play it, but I won't review it. And that's not because I'm being spiteful, although at first I was. I just don't feel like a that we're like our voice won't really matter too much when there's 400 reviews out there already. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it'll take us, you know, if we're going to do it the right way, it's going to take us a few weeks to get it done. And then by yeah. then what? Does anybody care about our voice anymore? Yes. So. Yes, they do. That's, you know, that's where you're wrong. They do. I'm constantly, I, I'll give you an example. So in our Discord, I've been having this back and forth talking to people. I've been talking about my current playthrough. I've had for XCOM 2, I have people reaching out to me privately and saying, oh, Nate, oh my God, I listen to when you talk about it's so awesome and like people that i don't normally interact with right and they ask me questions and they ask me mod suggestions what do you play with why is it so amazing i've tried it didn't do didn't do it for me so i start telling them and then people are coming back like wow you know like you even you're telling me like you know there's so much excitement you're starting to like xcom 2 not like but you're gonna give it another chance it can't be that so many people are enjoying it and you can't. Maybe you need to try it in a different way. And that's the thing. We might not bring them tens of thousands of new players. I don't know that we do that for any game, but we will bring players to the game. We will get the word out. Our curate, our curation page on Steam is growing. I mean, I saw, I saw my cousin's Steam account. She has a brand new account. When she was looking for curators, the moment she entered, so she bought Civ 6. The moment she in, she bought Civ 6, I think we were the second recommended curator. Curation, we were the second one that popped up. Know, so That's awesome. And we're, there we're is in the a, top 100. There's, so, there's, yep. oh, there's like 5,000 curators, and we're in the top 100, so that's cool. Yep, and then we're going to get better at it. We will continue tweaking it. And improving it, not because we're trying to get more exposure, which we are, but because we're generally trying to help people make a smart decision when it comes to their gaming, specifically for exit strategy games. So if Snapshot thinks like we are insignificant and our voice doesn't matter, hey, that's their opinion, of course, but we are not insignificant and our voice does matter because people do care what we have to say. Because out there, there's not a lot of competition right now for Forex and strategy games and people want to know about them. We're a top hit, and we're not a top hit, you know, in a small region of the U.S. We're a top hit globally. So, you know, there is that. Sorry, I didn't mean to make your rant into my. But there you have it. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm glad you did. You have anything else? Because then you should blame me. Be like, see, it's Nathan. It's not me. It's Nate. It's always exactly. him. You see, just hook me up with the key. Work with me here, people. It's him. See, it's that guy. I'm just going to edit myself out of this and it'll be just ranting. <laughs> Have fun, man. I think that'll be a lot of work, but okay. Well, anyways, so I want to take a moment. Yeah. I, w- I want to take a moment too to thank everybody who's re- reading our stuff, who is continuing to support us on Patreon and talking to us in the Discord and on the Steam forums. 
And everywhere that you guys interact with us, it's so cool. It keeps me Twitter, even Facebook, all that stuff. It's so awesome. It really is the reason that I continue to do this and spend my time when I could be playing games. Instead, I Mm -hmm. write about them because I see all that and I love it. And I just appreciate the community we've built. So thanks to everybody. And unless you have anything else, this was Rob and Nate for Explominate. We will talk to you guys next week. See ya. Bye.